baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 971 FM Talk. On demand audio. You guys raise a quotas every year. There used to be 100 volts in that harbor. It must be 15 now. Yeah, what are you doing? Taking kickbacks from the government? You want to control the fishery. You don't even know what's going on out there. Yeah. We understand that the observers are a financial hardship. Oh, really? Oh, it's critical to protect the fishery. That is actual audio from the Supreme Court yesterday when they argued this. Now, it's from the movie Coda from a few years ago. But, wow, that's pretty accurate in the, uh, the very topic that you discussed in that great movie that won the Oscar eventually was the issue that was before the court yesterday. Ilya Shapiro, our awesome constitutional expert, who's the director of constitutional studies at the Manhattan Institute, here to explain this afternoon. Ilya, good afternoon. How are you? Uh, Good to be with you. Yeah, I was in the courtroom for that very long time, almost four hours of argument yesterday. All right. So, you know, I don't I don't know a whole lot about this. I do remember that from from the movie. Here's a commercial fisherman that's sort of explaining some of what goes on and why they are troubled by that fisherman observer gets paid every day. So you ride out, say you ride out 100 miles and get out there and decide that it's too rough to fish and turn around and come back. And you're out there for a day going and a day coming, but you never fished, you still got to pay that observer the $700 a day. So it, it's just not sustainable. I think the, the case that's pending right now will, um, I predict that, that the court will come down on the side of the fishermen. So you have federal rules, Ilya, that require these fishermen to pay for at-sea monitors. And, I, boy, $700 a day, that seems pretty steep. So what, what do we know about those at-sea monitors and what's really the issue at this the core of this case? Well, it's it's not whether this is good policy or makes economic sense or, or any of that. Um, the issue is that Congress did not legislate this. This does not come from the, the fisheries management law, Magnuson-Stevens, uh, uh, it's called. Uh, it's that uh, the NOAA, the, the Oceanic Atmospheric Agency, uh, part of Department of Commerce, that regulates fisheries, decided to create this out of whole cloth. There's a, a, a separate provision about uh, larger scale West Coast, uh, you know, Alaska, deep sea fisheries that are big enterprises. It works differently. Uh, the provisions about that. The East Coast small mom and pop family businesses are not mentioned at all. And, and NOAA just decided to, uh, to put in these regulations and charge fees, which, as you said, $700 a day can be about 20 percent of their of their revenue, which is uh, which is not nothing. Uh, and so the issue isn't even the correct way of interpreting the statute, but who decides. And there is this doctrine, Chevron deference, named after a, a case from 40 years ago, uh, that says uh, if, there, if the statute is ambiguous, uh, then courts should defer to agency interpretations of it uh, if they're reasonable. So as long as, you know, it doesn't have to be the best interpretation, but as long as the agency is being reasonable, whatever that means, then judges just sit on their hands. And that's what's been debated. It's what's allowed the administrative agencies, bureaucracies to grow in a host of ways, whether it's the EPA, Department of Labor, Securities and Exchange Commission, lots of these regulators uh, that essentially uh, pass the laws under which we we live because Congress uh, passes the buck to them. So are there two cases here? 
that have landed before this court? Yeah, there, there are two cases, uh, both involving fisheries on the East Coast. Uh, and it's largely because they took the second case up because Justice Jackson, the, the newest justice, is recused from the Loper-Bright case. And so they added this relentless case to make sure just in case it doesn't come down uh, on a four to four tie. So I want you to maybe put into perspective one of the things with cases like this. I, I'm always a little unclear. I think it's confusing as far as what the, um, you know, the other implications are. For example, yesterday and you said you were there, right, Ilya? I was. Yeah, so Solicitor General Elizabeth uh, Prelogger, who is defending the president, tells the justices that overruling Chevron would be a convulsive shock to the legal system. Here's another guy that said this is a brazen attempt by the right to hobble modern government and destroy its capacity to address the modern world's problem at the scale, speed, and number they come in at. Uh, so if we have to hurt commercial fishermen in the process, so be it. Those were my words at the end there. But that's essentially what I said. <laughs> Look, I don't, I don't think that's right. This is not a question of whether, like with Obamacare, whether the government has the power to require you to buy uh, health insurance. It's not even, you know, can we create a new program or anything like this? If Congress wants to legislate broadly, uh, you know, it can under, under existing law. This is a question of whether the bureaucracy can create all this law by itself um, uh, when the, the, the statutes are, are completely silent, uh, as in this case. And, and judges manufacture ambiguity to, to give the agencies uh, all of this authority, uh, which far from setting up this dynamic of, well, should it be unelected judges or unelected bureaucrats who make these decisions, uh, it, it diminishes the role of Congress because uh, uh, legislators there know that they can just avoid political accountability uh, by letting the executive branch regulators set these rules that their constituents don't like. And also, if they have some controversial policy they want to implement, rather than trying to legislate it, they can call up their buddy in you know, the Department of Commerce or wherever and say, hey, why don't you just pass this as a rule so they don't have to take the heat and they don't have to compromise with the other party and risk a, a primary challenger. So there's a lot of uh, you know, public choice dynamics, the way the sausage is made, the incentives for legislators versus regulators. Uh, and, and that's where the real conflict is. So I don't think it's going to upend, you know, it doesn't declare unconstitutional half of the federal government or anything like this. Uh, all it is is an interpretive canon that would tell judges, you have to do the hard work of interpreting these statutes rather than just saying, oh, agency, you can do whatever you want. A couple of things here that, that I noted, you tell me if, if this is true. First and foremost, this this actually is a program that was initiated in uh, 2020 by the Trump administration. The other thing is, I think I heard that this ended last year. They didn't have the funding for it. The fishermen were reimbursed, but they're worried, obviously, that it can resurface. Are both those things true? I'm not sure about that. And, and there, there was no discussion of the facts uh, of the case. And in fact, uh, one of the questions that the Fishermen's Council wanted to raise with the Supreme Court was, how best to interpret the statute, but the court was only interested in this question of whether to uh, overturn or preserve the, def the, the Chevron deference uh, doctrine. So that's really, you know, the case is going to continue uh, regardless of what the Supreme Court does. They're just going to say, presumably they, they didn't take this to just affirm the lower court. They're going to either throw out Chevron or severely curtail it, and it'll be sent back to the lower courts then for 
uh, further interpretation. All right. One more topic here before I let you go. Ilya Shapiro is here with us, constitutional law expert extraordinaire. On the, um, on the challenge that's going to go before the court that they have agreed to hear on the Colorado case, and I don't know if Maine is um, wrapped up into that keeping Trump off the ballot. What are your expectations on that here in a couple of weeks? Well, in Maine, just yesterday, the judge was a deadline for the Maine district judge to rule. And that judge basically uh, stayed the, uh, the, the Secretary of State's order pending the Supreme Court decision. Uh, so it's all back wrapped into this case that, as you said, is going to be argued in a couple of weeks, February 8th. Uh, I think there's no way that the Supreme Court uh, uh, allows Trump to be kicked off the ballot. I think they're, they're going to they're leave this to the voters effectively, and they're going to try to rule as narrowly as possible, not on the question of whether Trump engaged in insurrection, but on some technical issue of who decides or it's a political question or uh, something, you know, the, the president isn't subject to that particular rule. It binds other officers. They're going to find some narrow way to have a, a unanimous or nearly so ruling that would allow Trump to stay on the ballot. So you think that they will kind of get to a point where this is not like a 6-3 type of thing or a 5-4, right? I, I think they're going to try their their, their darndest uh, because otherwise it, it just looks like Republicans versus Democrats, yeah. and, and that's the last thing they want. Absolutely. Ilya, great to have you on, as always. Appreciate you staying on top of these things. Fascinating case, the fishing case, so we'll see what happens. Have a great week. It's a whale of a tale. Have a good weekend. <laughs> oh, you got to get that in. We'll see you. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 